Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, with me, Nick Cole, and I am here with my sidekick, Single White Medusa, on a Monday afternoon after a long weekend. If you missed it, we did a little variety show on Saturday. If you missed it, then that means you're probably not a subscriber to the podcast, and now would be a great time for you to subscribe and get all that bonus content, like the free short story and the weekend podcast. Single White Medusa, what are you drinking right now? I am drinking a lovely glass of Stag's Leap Cab that you picked out for me. Exactly. Recently. And we're in a rental car drinking. (laughs) So we could get in trouble. The fun part was we passed these dudes that sit out uh, near our house and drink in front of their garage. And Nicole goes, well, what do they do? And I go, they just sit there and drink in the afternoons. And I held out my glass to them and I'm all... losers (laughs) oh that is pretty funny what did we do this weekend um let's see here wow um we ran around a lot in uh newport beach um we went to a restaurant that we like to have oysters at and that was lovely yesterday Mm. um you know kind of sunday's our day to rest and relax because we don't work on that day so goof off yeah yeah we had some fun we ate in and out burger yeah that was pretty exciting that is always good we listen to a lot of podcasts that's like yeah that's our main we listen to a lot of really rudy julie giuliani (laughs) rudy giuliani talking about the whole breakdown of what happened to him that was really really fascinating yeah yeah Yeah. i mean the more the the deep state kind of goes after him, the more I'm like, I just want to listen to him more now. <laughs> Which, but we were really enjoying him anyway. Yeah. And now that sort of like MSNBC and that liar Nicole Wallace on CNN oh is gosh. like basically Jake Tapper, you know, the guy with the most punchable face in news. <laughs> like we're all saying, oh, he's an insidious, you know, Trump operative or Russian Russian operative. I'm like, I want to listen to him more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's 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 just become. A cold war. But Trump had a, a press release that we really enjoyed. Um, was that today? Yeah, that was today. <laughs> um, that I think you were going to discuss a little bit. Well, read me the press release. Yeah, it was short and sweet. It said, the fraudulent presidential election of 2020 will be, from this day forth, known as all caps. The big lie. The big lie. <laughs> I'd love to hear you read the, it in your Trump voice. In my Trump voice? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. The fraudulent presidential election of 2020 will be known from this day forth as the big lie. That was the best press release ever. Everybody says so. They say our press releases are great. I give great press releases. No one gives... <laughs> press releases like me. <laughs> so basically, you have to miss that cat because you know, say what you want about him or whatever, but he is a lot of fun and he comes out swinging and he's not taking any shit from anybody. And and that's one of my big first rules in life is don't take shit from anybody. And that's what I like about Trump. I mean, I think a lot of people are, you know, like and I'm running into people right now even, you know, in the, you know, in California, what people call California. And they're like, when, you know, like, what's going on? You know, this is, this is not right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're strangled, you know, strangled at the throat 
by a certain amount of leftism, but there's a lot of people like us and that we're all just kind of looking at each other, like saying, you know, what, what are we going to do here? What's going to happen? And I think we're all waiting for something to happen. And so I think the two things that were really cool today was Trump did this press release. Why did he do it? I think if you look at the top of that press release, what you're going to see is that that's his campaign slogan, save America. And I think that's a pretty, I don't think that's a bullshit campaign slogan. No, these days? I think, I think like that's actually, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I think America needs to be saved. Mm -hmm. I think even as we speak right now, Joe Biden is actually doing another pallets of cash deal with Iran. Oh my gosh. You know? So like, yeah. I mean, that, that's his big move. The border's on fire. Uh, he can't give away fat money fast enough to people who hate us. When I know there's people who listen to this podcast that are struggling that, hey, their family could use a pallet of cash. Their city could use a pallet of cash. But no, you bigots can pay for it while we make friends around the world. And this is after John Kerry just got caught. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of disclosing to Iran things that he shouldn't have been and yet they're giving them cash now and will John Kerry get in trouble? I'm gonna guess not. I mean it seemed like it it was a big deal, but I don't know. I still doubt that anything will happen to him, do you? I have a saying and that saying is everybody gets away with everything until one day they don't. I hope that's this. You know, so yeah, I mean it, it's a long time coming to I'd say this. I would say that there they are people who are acting guilty. You know, like they're, they're <laughs> yeah. you know like uh, here's a story I'll tell you. One time when I was a kid, I would always, not one time, I would always go over to my friend's house at, at three o'clock after school. I went to one school. He went to another school and he was a little older than me. We'd meet at his house, make grilled cheese sandwiches, watch Inspector Gadget, maybe Transformers, maybe even a G.I. Joe, maybe even a Thundercats, play some chess. And then we'd go take off to play video games, eat pizza, go play D&D, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, one time I said to him just to screw with him, you know, like kids do and, and, and tell a joke. And I said, Hey, Mr. Workman from your school called. And he said, uh, that he needs to talk to your mom and Mr. Workman, can there be a better name for the assistant <laughs> vice principal who, who basically is in charge of truancy. But, um, so he goes ghost white and I kind of don't pick up on it because you know, Inspector Gadget's on and he's all good gadget now. And I'm like, and I got lost in the episode. And and I was probably like, I, you know, they say that cheese hits that same place in the brain that heroin hits. Oh, yeah. Which is why you're such a cheese monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite cheese? Um, I mean, really good brie type cheeses, but the kind that are really almost like, that kind of get melty. So I don't know if those are officially brie's. And actually, I would say like, maybe my favorite one is actually Red Hawk. Which I don't know if it's technically a brie, but it's that type of cheese. And it's like super yeah. strong, but I think in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably like my favorite. Hot. What's yours? Cheddar. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> I like cheddar. I mean, I like cheddar too, but that's your favorite? Yeah. More than like that smoky blue cheese that you like? I like, like those things, but if I'm on a desert island and it's just one cheese, cheese it's I mean, probably going to be cheddar. Yeah, not truffle. I'm a regular cheese, guy, but... not a fancy portuguese like you. Okay. So, um... Uh, he got, so he goes ghost white, my friend. And I forget about it because we're watching Inspector Gadget. And then I go home. Oh, and then like about an hour later, he goes, you know, I don't feel well. I think I'm going to go to bed early. And, and so I just kind of went home. And so I'm at home like later that night, I'm doing my homework. And I forget that I need to tell my friend I was just screwing around with him and telling him his assistant principal called. And so 
I call him and I'm like, hey, you know that thing I that joke I played today that your prison your president principal didn't call. And he goes, Oh my gosh, he goes, I've been sweating bullets about that. I haven't gone to school for six months. Oh my gosh. And I'm all six months. And he's like, Yeah, he goes, I've just been going to 7 Eleven and playing video games and going to the beach. And he's like, I'll go like one day a week or maybe one day every two weeks. But I have he's like, I have been waiting for that call. And what that taught me is like sometimes when you do you like stuff like that you shouldn't be doing instead of just kind of like doing it once and you get away with it. Well, you know, you're going to get caught events eventually. So why not just do a ton of it? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you call that the free card theory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You just feel like if I, if I was him, like, well, if I'm going to get in trouble for cutting school, might as well cut another day and, you know, I'll I'll still kind of get published. I mean, punished for (laughs) cutting school. (laughs) Were you a ditcher? Um, not generally, but I definitely did some ditching my senior year. Um, not even like full days. I think I had to get there really early for a choir group that I was in, like a women's octet. Like I had to get there at kind of zero period, let's say. And then I didn't have like a first and second period because I didn't have that many more classes I had to take. And then I would have to come back for third through eighth or whatever period. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of times I would end up just kind of going back home or maybe hanging out with my boyfriend and um not really coming back till after lunch yeah and um i would just write myself i think i would write myself my own (laughs) like i don't really remember what i did but i I think i must have no because i didn't do it that much i probably once a week maybe maybe twice a week but probably like once a week and um you know i'd make up my work and there wasn't that much to do so you would be you would be hard pressed to believe this but i never ditched Wow. What? Like not even one time. Now my parents would make me ditch. Well, that's not really ditching. Then that's like an excused absence. Cause your parents no, like me. I eventually got kicked out of school for the amount. My dad would say, yeah. Hey, we're going to South America. And I think that's good for your education. And so I would just go with them. Yeah. And one, and like, finally I came back to the school and they called my mom in and they're like, listen, if your kid's not going to show up to school, you should put them in these, like, you know, study at your own pace. Study. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where, and when you're in those, you don't have to, you shouldn't ditch because yeah. you're just showing up for an appointment and then. You, just for you, them to give yeah. you your, your work assignments. Right. And then I would just work a lot and make a lot of money and then go blow it on video games and pizza. Yeah. I still wouldn't count it as ditching though. So I think you're a good boy. I am a good boy. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. So, you know, that was what my friend was doing is he was so far down the well of, <laughs> of ditching that like, he just decided to just go to ditch all the time. And so he had this constant black cloud hanging over him that the other shoe was about to drop. And that's kind of like how I feel they are right now. Yeah. Like that's why things seem to be getting crazier and crazier mm-hmm. because they're just saying like, well, I mean, like we stole the election. We know that. Yeah. And, and we're totally doing all this illegal shit. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just do more because in the end, we're probably only, we're going to get caught for something, but let's get away with everything. Yeah. And, and like, that's when I say like, they are acting like guilty people. Yeah. To me, that's, that's kind of what it seems like. It, it literally does see, seem like they are acting guilty. And not to like keep bringing up the Arizona audit and we won't belabor that, but man, they're acting guilty on that. Like every yeah. day there's more stuff they're doing and you're lawyers, like, oh, you're acting they're guilty. They're flying <laughs> drones over it. Yeah. Like they're doing everything that they can. To not, you know, and then the other thing is like, you know, Dan Bongino makes a great point in his uh, show today. And he was just talking about like the level that they're going after Giuliani tells you so much 
about what they don't want him to disclose about Ukraine. The ambassador, Janet Yovanovitch, sounds like mm-hmm. a comedy name. <laughs> it does. And uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, which I would, you know, as I posted a meme this weekend, just go ahead and label all the files you don't want the FBI to look in as <laughs> Hunter Biden's laptop. It's so perfect. Exactly. I think that's I think that's pretty funny. What other topics did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, really quickly. Sure. I just happened to see like probably an hour or so ago that. The couple for the ages, Bill and Melinda Gates, are calling it quits. <laughs> First off, Bill Gates. I know. Um, I'm going to tell my Bill Gates story because screw it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, just like I, I, I would say keep it classy, but yes, I would tell it. Keep it classy. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, like, I would just say to Bill Gates, like, if you have found a woman that will have willing sex with you, like, <laughs> Hold like, on to her, hold on to her like, you know, a sailor holds on to a rum bottle for grim <laughs> death because like yeah. you don't. But here's my real fantasy that I really hope is going on. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's this hoochie mama in L.A. who was a weather girl and she used to hoochie mama for the Vega for the for the Lakers. And her, and her name is Lauren Sanchez. And where you might have heard of Lauren Sanchez before is she um, broke up Jeff Bezos marriage. Yeah. So in a perfect dramatic world that's very operatic, what I hope is that Je- that 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 Lauren Sanchez also broke up Bill Gates's marriage, mm-hmm. and and like she drove Jeff Bezos so nuts that he literally got like he sent her like obscene pics, and he wrote these poems, you know, like like uh, you know uh, I want to inhale you and <laughs> yeah. everything like that. But um, my Bill Gates story. Um, I got a DUI a number of years ago, which is why I'm a sober guy now. And I had to go to like, you know, D, D, DUI rehab and like, like two nights a week with all these like people who had problems. And one of the people who had like, there were a lot of really hardcore dudes in there. There were like guys who were assassins for the Mexican mafia. One guy in particular, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of normal criminals, some drunks, there was this little lady who was like little miss housewife and she had the record for blood alcohol level. Hers was like wow. a three, eight. She was drunk all the time wow. and she had four kids wow. and she was, you know, no one knew. And then she finally like plowed into something and hurt some people on oh, the way man. to school one day and she was pregnant and they delivered the baby. And then she went to jail for like 18 months Whoa. and she was just little miss housewife. It was wow. really crazy. She was like out of all these hardcore people in DUI, and me, she was like the record winner. And That's so she was crazy. little, but there was this guy who was like a total tank that okay. was there. He was like a giant MMA tank and he drove a truck. And one of his jobs um, was driving rebar out to the big dig in Boston because LA was selling a lot of rebar at the time. And his other job was he would bounce uh, private parties for, for adult entertainers. And one of those adult entertainers was a very famous adult entertainer named Jenna Jameson. And so he goes, he says to me one day, he goes, do you, have you ever heard of someone named Bill Gates? And I go, yeah, everybody's heard of Bill Gates, you know, like he invented computers (laughs) and that's kind of what, you know, like in 1998, that would have been a 1997, whatever it was, that would have been a perfectly rational thought to make, like saying to make, like, 
Bill Gates was computer guy. Yeah. We, we weren't as savvy. You know, we were just, we were just getting email at the time. In yeah. fact, I don't think I had my first email address for like another two years. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I go, yeah, I've heard of Bill Gates. He, he's this big famous dude. He goes, well, Jenna called me this weekend and she wanted me to, uh, basically bodyguard a party she was doing. So, um, he says, yeah. So he goes, I go in there and, and it's Jenna. And then there's these other girls that she's hired and, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's a party for some executives and it's a birthday party. And he, and so I give him the speech, like, you can do this, you can do that. You can't touch blah, blah, blah. You just got to watch everything like that. And he's like this little nerdy guy. And remember this guy is a man mountain. He's a truck driver for rebar steel you know, I mean, just, he's not the guy you would mess with. And he was a nice guy, which is usually how it is with those guys too. But, you know, looks or looks and confidence are half the battle. So he says, the little nerdy guy comes up to him and, and says like, well, what's going to happen if any of these rules get broken? And he, he goes, well, then I'll take control. And the little nerdy guy goes, well, how will I know when you take control? And this guy was like strapping like a desert eagle. And he goes, you'll know exactly when I take control. And so the message was made clear. And so afterwards, you know, like Jenna comes up to him and she's like, that's Bill Gates. And he's like, I don't know who Bill Gates is, nor do I care. So he waited to ask me what was going on. But this was a pretty obscene party. And it was for Bill Gates' yeah. wife and yeah, his like executives. The there, yeah, right? the wives were there. I mean, yeah. like it was really some deviant, whacked stuff. And so mm -hmm. like when people talk to me and they say, oh, the elites are all into this deviant thing and blah, blah, blah. That's not like the things that I know and have heard from pretty trusted sources. Um, and there are other things too. Like that's, that's not unthinkable. I, 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 yeah. And then you get into this whole collateral theory that they have, like that they all mm -hmm. have collateral on each other so they can all sort of manipulate and use each other. Mm -hmm. Well, then if you were Bill Gates and you wanted to manipulate your executives, why wouldn't you have that kind of experience go on so that you could make sure no one could ever sort of, you know, cross you without you airing this information of what they participated in. So I know that from that story. And and again, the source was trusted and he didn't even know what he was talking about until he told me. So that that was interesting. But to know that they broke up, I mean, like that dude is the biggest dork nerd in the entire world. You should have held on to that wife. But I'm sure you're just going to buy your way, you know, buy a bunch of women or anything like that. But the great thing is you could never spend enough money to ever convince yourself that any of those hot women actually like you or want to be with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you finish your theory on what you hoped might happen with Lauren Sanchez? Oh, like I hope that Lauren Sanchez also broke up Bill Gates's marriage and that that's opera. I did. Oh, I did. Okay. I think I think that would like in a perfectly dramatic world, that would be the situation this hoochie mama would have destroyed two giant technological empires. That would be crazy. That would be, let's that would, wait to find out if it comes true. I just, I, I just want to say I'm team Lauren, whatever team that is. She is the, well, she I'm is not the, team Bill Gates. So yeah, I guess by default, <laughs> she I is the hoochie mama wrecking ball of the tickocalypse. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, let's see. I mean, um, you were gonna, you were kind of talking over the weekend about, um, we were hearing things about, uh, Rudy was talking about it actually kind of about when black people complain that they get pulled over more, for example. And I mean, he kind of just spelled it out and just said, maybe it's cause 
they commit, you know, that, that they do more things more often that causes them to get pulled over. But you just had some thoughts on that. You were saying. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think there's a system. We've talked about this. I don't think there's a systemic racism problem in America. I think that's all bullshit. And I think that's a bunch of people who've never experienced racism in their lives. But they've always like if you saw the woke CIA ad, you know, like and things like that. It's a bunch of people that have been convinced that that everything that's ever been done to them is because of racism. And I would say, no, like people are generally not nice to each other. They don't need race, you know, to do that. Yeah. Is there racism? Yeah, I've seen racism from every color. Racism is a baseline. It, and if it makes you go fetal, I don't know what that's about. I mean, it's a little weak. But the you know, weird like, thing is, I mean, I have to say personally, I don't. I can't think of any racist person that I've ever met. Like, honestly, as far as I can tell, no. I don't know anyone who's racist. And no. I know tons of conservatives and right wingers, yeah. you know, who were all supposed to be racist. Like, I don't know one. I'm sure they're out there. You know, I've I've it's, seen what I think is racist is when they're supposed to be like corporations and organizations say we have to hire somebody because they're this race. Mm -hmm. That is the most racist thing I've ever encountered. And my yeah. family is from Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. And I've never heard anybody talk about an obsession with race mm -mm. and the color of someone's melatonin skin like I, I have seen and witnessed in Hollywood. Right. But I would say say this. So in Irvine, which is just a little to the north uh, west of our position here in South County, California, Orange County, we have um, Irvine is like touts itself as the safest city. And over the weekend, um, we've been getting a lot of like African-Americans coming down from L.A. because Orange County has been open and L.A. hasn't. So there's been, you know, some characters around that are that are very thug, you know, like the guy, you know, it's the, these are not like people that, you know, uh, want to fit in with society, want to make everybody feel comfortable. These are people that are acting obnoxious acting obscene and you're like oh you're being racist and judging them on the color of the skin no i'm not i'm judging them on their actions mm -hmm. and what i observe and i don't like it and i think it's a dead-end culture and i think it ends in incidents like this so guy uh thug guy pulls into a rubio's uh parking lot in like near uci which is like really you know very suburban kind of classy area pulls in there um a, a mercedes pulls up Another chase car pulls up. Five African-American youths in hoodies get out with guns and chase this guy back into the Rubios. Then they go surround his car. Then they knock on it with guns. You know, like these are these are tribal, stupid gang thug politics that are going to end up in probably one of these people actually getting shot and hurt or, you know, if you look at what happens in Chicago or other places, seven-year-old girls getting killed, things like mm -hmm. that. Some rando who's there to get their own fish taco or go into the Ralph's or do whatever, go into the post and ship, they're going to get hit by a stray bullet because these jerks are playing stupid games. So I don't think America has a systemic racism problem. I don't think America has a racism problem. Mm -hmm. I think racism is a problem across all groups. Every, every group is racist to another group. And I can give you a thousand examples. And anything that you say that that, that, that that goes against that, I can point out to you is absolute, with facts, utter bullshit. But I'll tell you what it does have. America has a thugism problem. Mm -hmm. And this kind of culture that makes these kids think, you know what, I can go into someone else's neighborhood and I can chase them around and threaten their life, even if they're one of my own tribe. 
and use guns with impunity in this kind of situation and terrorize people. Don't talk to me about white supremacy terrorizing people. That's terror. Mm -hmm. A bunch of black kids with guns running around a neighborhood. That's terror. We have a thug problem. We don't have a racism problem. Whenever anybody talks about racism in the mainstream media, they go, I've experienced racism. And what you really want to say is, yeah, it's not racism. When the cops pull over someone who looks like that and is acting like that, it is a thugism problem. You are acting inappropriately. You are acting dangerous. You are you are not, you know, having a care towards the community like the rest of us have, where we try not to make our neighbors nuts. We try not to have everybody live in fear. And we don't play these games. These games mean nothing. And anybody, like, if people say, oh, the police are profiling and the police are pulling everybody over, they're not doing it without evidence. And I would actually like them to do more of it. If you see guys like this acting like this, I'm 100% you getting in their face, getting in their grill, getting them off the streets, getting them to go back from wherever they came from. That is thugism. And, mm-hmm. and it's not racism. And people don't want it around them. Mm-hmm. And it's they're not being racist for not wanting it around them. They're being safe because they don't want thugs around them. Yeah. You look at ghetto culture. You look at rap music and the message that it perceives. I just listened to a guy coming down our street the other day who just moved in, African-American guy, and he's playing the most foul, obscene music where children are playing the streets with bikes. And I'm like, that's your problem right there. Yeah. That's 90% of your problem. It's not how all the white people in the neighborhood are looking at you and how you're, and, you know, like, and thinking that they don't like you because of the color of your skin. I don't even have black friends. I just have friends. Which, but to, to clarify, act, you do. It's just you don't think of them no, I like don't. that. They're I just don't. your friends. I just have friends. Yeah, exactly. I don't say that's my black friend. No. I don't think like, but Why what I don't have crazy? is I don't want thugs for friends. Yeah. In fact, I don't want thugs around me. I don't want thugs in my neighborhood. And I don't think anybody actually wants that. And if you want to stop, you know, the problems that people are having with police, it's probably not the police's problem. In fact, when you look at the statistics, the amount of shootings, the times that cops get hurt, mm-hmm. that that African-Americans are responsible for seven out of 10 crimes, yeah. it's not racism. It's thugism. And that's the problem. Exactly. That's me. That's good. And just to like put that Irvine story into context even more in case you're not familiar with Irvine, any of the listeners, like I went there to UC Irvine for college. And at least when I went there, it literally was one of the cities with the lowest, like one of the lo- very lowest crime rates in the entire United States. I mean, it was on like a probably top 10 list or something. So it was like, it, it's known for like an extremely low crime rate. And that's why that was kind of extra shocking to read that story this weekend about that. So that was good. That was a good, good rant there, Nick. Yeah. I didn't mean to be old man screaming at clouds, <laughs> but Hey, that's us. That's, you know, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. We're going to try to do this podcast for you every day for you know monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday's story day i also play DD on another channel with some other writers and then um, saturday we'll try to do a private show i'm really working on getting the first chapter of the ultra violent show which is the sequel to soda pop soldier the soda pop soldier series up by friday so i hope you'll be in for that um the best way to get that is to go ahead and subscribe and join the um the the party five dollars a month or fifty dollars for the year you get a ten dollar break off that 
and just kind of get involved and let me know what you want to have. You could leave comments, anything like that. But uh, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. You're really enjoying this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know some people have um, recommended that we get this podcast on other podcast platforms and we are working on it. Um, I think we're pretty close to getting it on. Um, what's that one called? I was playing with Spotify, Spotify over the yeah, weekend that's right. and then Apple iTunes is giving me a hard time. So yeah, but coming I am, <clears throat> am going to get it into all the RS feeds. Like yeah. that's kind of your mission this week mm-hmm. while I'm working on the GE stuff I got to work on. Yes. Yeah. So those are coming and thanks. Thanks for all the good feedback, everyone. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's us. That's final In thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, I don't know. Like, keep your head on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel. I like that. <laughs> and don't take shit from anybody. That's podcast.